0: It's a fact well-established in fan circles surrounding the legendarium of Middle-earth. Hobbits are our bridge into the mythical world of Tolkien's creation. For me, the halflings in their idyllic home exist in a liminal space between fantasy and reality. Kind-hearted, if boorish, people living in a green and pleasant land that does not wither, and in which things as simple as tea in a bowl of tobacco take on a magical quality. It's not quite myth and not quite fictional history, It is simply the Shire, and we're all in love with it. At least, these are the types of things to think on here at the Fox and Fiddle Tavern. For a place called Yondershire, near the edge of the Bounds, and for hobbits anyway, the very cusp of decent civilization, it's quite bustling, crowded even. Clean wood slats lit by kindly firelight echo the sound of hobbit voices and music. And over a mug of no-bottle brew, you start to wonder if there isn't a bit of magic out here between Hill and Dell. I believe Neil Gaiman said that our fascination with Middle-earth, from reading the books and rereading them, to playing games like LOTRO is because we just want to linger in this world a bit longer. And I wonder if this is the place to do it. It's the villages of Yondershire, and you are listening to Beneath Your Feet. Unlike most of the Lord of the Rings online, Yondershire is strictly a concoction cooked up by the developers. The name Yondershire is never mentioned in the text, but many of the towns here are, even if they are a footnote in some appendix somewhere or just a dot on a map. Designer Matt Elliott in one of his casual strolls said, "'They made this decision because Yondershire encapsulates minor locales of the Shire. It's not quite the North Moors, which get a passing mention, It's not quite the North Farthing or West Farthing proper, it's simply its own space. And that is well, for as the name suggests, this part of the Shire is vague and tangential, but important and beautiful. Yonder simply means over there. It's not a specific distance or location. It's anything that's just not here. It works perfectly for a region that is both positionally distant between the Shire and the Blue Mountains, and specific in its sources. For all these lovely little hamlets like Nobottle, Thai Fields, and Gamich are as borderline as they come. And all of it literally begins at the beginning. If we open the text of the Lord of the Rings, one of the first sights to greet us is a map of the Shire. It is, in fact, the map of the Shire, even if the title is plain. It reads, a part of the Shire. So while this is the Shire as we know it, it remains only a fraction of that land. There in the northwest corner of the map is a little arrow in the word Nobottle. This is where the Shire as we know it ends and the Yonder Shire begins. For many years now, Rushik Bog has been the edge of the Halfling Lands. Now that frontier has expanded, and just as the map in the book tells us, Nobottle is our first stop. It is an interesting name, borrowed from an actual hamlet in central England whose name signifies new building. Whether it was thrown onto the map as a fancy, or if it was meant to be taken seriously, this is all of little import for Lotro, as it plays with the idea quite happily. In one quest we're told that even though it is hundreds of years old, the village of Nobottle in Yondershire is still relatively new compared to the rest of the Shire proper. It's a lovely little detail, meant to push us lore nerds to full geek-out mode, and the hits just keep coming from there. We're treated to a game of hide-and-seek with Hobbit children, complete with a cameo from Gildor and Glorian. We help craft some no-bottle brew from grain to glorious ale, we learn of shady dealings within the quick post, and best of all, we get to spend a little time in some absolutely stellar inns. I did a full episode on inns and taverns in Middle-earth with lead worldbuilder scenario, and one point that came up was that some of the older areas of the game lack a certain amount of polish available now with modern design techniques and tools. The Fox and Fiddle, and its counterparts across Yonder Shire, throw the original inns of the Shire into a stark contrast. Here are clean and realistic spaces of wood and stone, packed with hobbits making merry. The lighting is right, as are all the pleasant touches from hanging vegetables to cozy ambient noises. Just down the path, the next stop for weary wayfarers is Thai Field, another hamlet very similar in its roadside design as Nobottle. Waymeat comes to mind. These towns were built along the main roads and function as such. Farms and other utilities are off the beaten path leaving houses, inns, and gazebos to dot the main thoroughfare. Here we are nearest the bounds and all that comes with it. Beyond Hobbiton, that being the heart of all things Hobbity in the world and calm and modest, things get a bit more daring, as if on a gradient. So here at the edges of polite society, we find ruins filled with orcs and halflings willing to go off and have adventures. Small wonder Bingo Boffin and his relations are here. Deeper into the wild is the hunting village of Gammich. Gamage is positively snuggled within its little unnamed forest. The ingenuity of the hobbits is shown by the harmony in which their holes and houses work within the wood. The dense canopy shades the many stony lanes that take us from hole to hole, but a bit of sunshine peeps through over the fishing pond where some poor halfling has lost a boot. And naturally, the highlight of my visit to Gammich is the pub. After another sup at the Brimful Quiver, the wider context of these villages are made clear and things become more interesting. For all the villages I've described so far are on the margins, both literally on the margins of Hobbit lands and the rim of the source material. But even there, in the appendices and footnotes of the books, is a depth of connection that's fascinating. This bit of Hobbit lore has something to do with rope. We learn from Master Samwise that rope-making is quote, in the family. Well, what family is that? According to the appendices of the Lord of the Rings, there once lived a hobbit by the name of Hamfast. Master Hamfast came from this town of Gamich, and he moved to Ty Field. As Hamfast of Gamich, he and his connections kept the surname. Over time, this clan spread about the Shire, as far away as Hobbiton and the Hill, and as is the way of language, Gamich became Gamji. Back in Tyfield, we find little details that go along with the story, like a hobbit named Roper asking for help with a request involving, you guessed it, rope. There's even a gentlemanly tailor named Notwise to be found in the village of Long Cleave. One can reach Long Cleave by a steep road north out of Nobottle, upon which many disgruntled and mercenary bounders leer at me. A more interesting shortcut is through the forest eastwards from Gammage. But as they say, shortcuts make long delays. So I stick to the road. I'm glad I did. For greeting me on top of the North Moors is a massive and intimidating Arnorian ruin. One must wonder if these hobbits, who can't seem to make it out of their own villages, have any idea what it all means. Longcleave is an important spot. In its design, intended by the local planners or by good plain hobbit sense, the village is to the downs as Gamage is to the forest, existing in perfect balance and aesthetic. On its third tier is a massive Smeal, the home of the governing reeve. After a pleasant chat and a brief picnic, I learned this position has passed from mother to daughter for many generations. Though we are far from the heart of the Shire, I'm comforted to know that these parts are still managed by sensible and respectable hobbits even if they are a bit tookish and rough around the edges. They care for the local wildlife, look after each other, and manage the threat of incursion with good cheer and well-placed meals. And best of all, the pub has nothing to sneeze at. The roaring bull, hemmed in by the confines of the downs, is not quite as spacious as the fox and fiddle. It is, however, just as cozy and inviting, the perfect place to consider life at the edge of the bounds. These towns become, for me, the culmination of now fifteen years of practice. From the gently pleasing features of the land, little waterfalls and unassuming dwellings among the bones of gigantic ruins, to the nature of the quests and their integration with the source material, the hobbit settlements of Yondershire are a perfectly balanced concoction. Where else can... Iteration upon a beloved and much-guarded work of fiction combine itself in a modern medium with cozy, silly, unobtrusive stories that somehow produce an epic end. There's much left to see in Yondershire. Elf ruins to the west and the remains of honor to the north near Evendim. That's for another episode. For now, they are the backdrop, the reminder of what came before and what lies ahead that even the silly affairs of hobbits are mingled with the grief and excitement of the larger world and the ages upon ages that precede it. Considering such history here gives us the same feeling as the hobbit itself. A pastoral air somehow becomes the axis of history, and one can save the world and still make it home in time for supper and a good brew. It's comfortable, elevating, exciting, and gorgeously formed. Everything I said before about the Shire as it could have been with Modern experience and techniques becomes true in these towns, and you remember why you're here—to linger just a bit longer in Middle Earth. Thank you for listening to Beneath Your Feet. For more information on the show, please visit Anchor.fm/LOTROBYF. Any support, a review, a share, a donation its all very much appreciated. Beneath Your Feet is also available on YouTube. Search for Lotro Beneath Your Feet to listen to past episodes and watch current live streams. You can also join me live each month for the Beneath Your Feet live stream on twitch.tv slash With each show, we dive deep into a particular region of the Lord of the Rings online, hunt for Easter eggs, and talk lore for the upcoming podcast episode. Today's music comes from the Lord of the Rings online soundtrack. This episode was written and read by me. My name is Shoreless, and we'll see you next time when we go Beneath Your Feet.